This episode of Truth's Table is brought to you by The Witness, a Black Christian collective. Sisters, how y'all feel? Brothers, y'all all right? If this is your first time at Truth's Table, welcome to the table. And if you've been sitting at the table with us all these years, we are so grateful that you have been listening to us through these years, and we are inviting you to partner with us and support our work at patreon.com slash truthstable. Now pull up a chair and have a seat at the table with us. Hey y'all, welcome to Truth's Table, midwives and culture for grace and truth. I'm McKemini. And I'm Christina. This table is built by Black women and for Black women. So welcome to the table, see How you doing, girl? I am doing, and guess what? We went. We we had we had a recording earlier today. Yeah, we, we did. We, we 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 never. It's very rare that we 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 color coordinate, Kevin. It's very rare that we do this. But look, it is Yellow's day. Today is Yellow Day. National Yellow Day. In yellow. <laughs> this was not planned, y'all. It was not. It was not. So yes, and, and this is one of my many tank tops that I have about mm, fifteen colors of for the summer. <laughs> I, I I purchased a summer wardrobe which is multiple tank tops, <laughs> shorts, and stretch pants. So if you see me out and about in these streets, I only have two modes: tank top mode. Or we're somewhere fancy smancy. So that is so funny. Yes, as I was putting on this top, I was thinking about a Coco Sunshine. There you go. There you sunshine. go. <laughs> and I really did this for our special guest. Okay, because uh, hello, and she is indeed a very special guest. Yeah, because you know it's, it's a Black Woman Rising episode. Come you know, on, so it's giving Phoenix Rising from Come the on. ashes. Get up. <laughs> Is the energy I'm on? That's and right. So, That's right. Yellow was right. Yellow was right. And so, um, yeah. y'all, yeah. we are so happy and excited to have first of all our first Black Woman Rising episode of the season. Come on, and to have oh my goodness, none other than the prolific, prolific, legendary, legendary, amazing. amazing. Award-winning. <laughs> Award-winning. We'll get into Hello. that. Uh, mu- mu- we'll get, multiple we'll, award-winning. Actually, yeah, multiple, because I don't want to leave one out. With, with the bay head bounce. Don't worry, I'll get to the bottle because I don't want to leave out rewards out because you don't want so many. Uh, award-winning, Super Zeta, our sister, Come on. Tracy Michelle Lewis Jiggins is at the table. Welcome to the table, sister. <laughs> Hey y'all! You know yellow's the color of joy. Yes, yes it is. Yes it is. And not just any joy. Black joy. Black joy. Black joy. Stories of resistance, resilience, and restoration. This book that won in 2023 NAACP Image Award. Not only a nomination, but an award. Won it. Won it. Put some respect on it. Won it. Okay. Put some respect the, on it. Has the statue behind her shoulder right so now. Much. You remember that? You remember when they did the um, the versus battle, and uh, Babyface had his had his statue oh, and all his things. I, I I feel like y'all need to watch this episode because y'all need to see all the things. You gotta see the things. All the things surrounded. Yes! Babyface energy. Well, he he showed up as a winner and he won. You know, he showed up as a winner. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, I'm, I'm so glad to be here with y'all. I know we, we are. We are. You know what? Just in case y'all don't know who our good sis Tracy Michelle Lewis Jiggins 
is we going to put y'all up on game, okay? So as a writer and thought leader, Tracy Michelle lewis Jiggis offers those who read her work and hear her speak an authentic experience, an opportunity to explore the intersection of culture, identity, and faith and spirituality at the deepest levels. She is the founder of HeartSpace, a healing community created to serve those who have experienced trauma of any kind through the use of storytelling and the arts. As a writer, Tracy has published 22 books, including several collaborations with numerous high-profile authors, calling herself a literary midwife. Tracy is a highly sought-after ghostwriter, collaborator, whose work includes the New York Times best-selling book, Feeding the Soul by Tabitha Brown, Better Not Bitter by Yusuf Salam, The Other Side of Yet by Michelle Horde, and many others. In 2022, Tracy's critically acclaimed book, Black Joy, Stories of Resistance, Resilience, and Restoration, was published. Black Joy won the 2023 NAACP Image Award for Outstanding Literary Work Instructional and has received rave reviews from celebrities like Kerry Washington, uh, literary authors like Kiese Laban and Disha Filial, and media outlets like Good Morning America, Essence Magazine, and USA Today. Tracy's most recent book, Then They Came From Mine, Healing from the Trauma of Racial Violence, examines the source and impact of racial violence against Black people in all its forms and offers a blueprint for the way the Christian church can help facilitate healing. Then They Came From Mine has won the 2023 Wilbur Award, the highest honor given by the Religion Communicators Council for excellence in the communication of religious issues values and themes in public secular media. Welcome to the table, award-winning author Tracy Michelle Wood Jiggins. My goodness. <laughs> I'm so glad to be at the table and to talk to my sisters and my friends and the 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 leaders that you all are. <laughs> I am we are we are here. grateful for you. I mean, you know, um, you know, I was teasing you before we came. I was like, "How does it feel to be God's favorite with all these awards?" <laughs> no, I really <laughs> wanted you to answer that. No, but I'm just, <laughs> hey, hey, just sprinkle the anointing. Sprinkle the anointing. Sprinkle it. Sprinkle it. Sprinkle me, man. It's hard. It's hard when you're reading the bio yeah. and you read that stuff. I think it's. I, I am still in a space of trying to mm-hmm. own mm-hmm. the work. You know, and to accept that this has been the journey yeah. and this is what I've done. Um, so it, it's it's a little, there's a little discomfort in my body. Um, but then there's also like, you know, creeping in. There's like, yeah, you know, like I did. <laughs> so there's this, this balance, this tension that I'm going back and forth yeah. in my body when I hear that. But I am. Beyond anything else, yeah. it's gratitude. Well, we we, we hear that, and I and I get that on a personal level. I, I feel like I, yeah, I understand I that feeling, and I'm I'm not a person who would typically toot my own horn, but I I am a woman who was raised and socialized to cheer other women on, and you are very easy to cheer on, Tracy. Yes. We love to see you shine. <laughs> so we're so excited to, uh, yeah, in- introduce more of our audience to you that don't already know you. I-, I have a question for you just to get us started. And and the way it just dropped into my mind is is very <laughs> simply put, but it is why, Tracy, of, of the many, many things that you can do, and I've had the pleasure of getting to know you, um, why are you an author? Mm. Ooh, okay. <laughs> um, I think that the gifting 
of the gift of writing is what is the reason why I'm alive to talk mm. to you today. I, I think, you know, the ability to use the page as my canvas, use the page as a place where I could put my pain outside of myself um, from very early on, right? It was a way, and, and I don't even want to make it just about pain and trauma, just for me to be able to express Sweet. myself, to have a voice. That's always been um, the place where I felt mm. the most free to do that. And I think God has used that f- to not only like f- form me, right? But to also um, be a light to other people who maybe have similar stories or maybe can, you know, something I say may resonate with them. So I think I am a, even more than an author, um, just a storyteller, right? Like I'm a writer and a storyteller. And there are stories that keep coming that I think I'm given um, in order to help not only just myself, but also to help other people feel safe or feel heard or feel seen. Um, and that is both the gift and the ministry, right? Like it's they're they increasingly, as I get older, they're kind of intertwined. But I think at the core, I'm a writer, I'm an author, I'm a storyteller because that's what saved my life. And that is what um, continues to be the place where I can um, be most myself on the page. I love that. I love how um, you talk about and you even have heart space as a place where um, uh, you believe that storytelling, you know, can help to heal heal us from the traumas and the things that we've experienced. I would love for you to talk about... um, you know, as as a woman of faith, a woman of Christian faith, I would love for you to talk about Jesus's storytelling, you know, and how Jesus's storytelling, his parables and things have also shaped and informed uh, your own passion for storytelling in the ways you have experienced healing and witness healing uh, mm-hmm. through storytelling. Because I think sometimes that can be uh, abstract for people. Can you break that down for folks? Right. Sure. Yeah, I think, you know, I've always believed and always known that there is power in story, right? Like the the beautiful thing about language and 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 the crafting of words um is that um it can I know target is not the word that I'm thinking of, but it can reach, I think, a place in us that um other forms and other things cannot, right? It, it, or, or does it differently, I should say. And so what I love about Jesus and the parables is that it met people where they were, right? So if 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 I'm talking to an agricultural society, then I'm going to use the seed and the farmer and you know, I'm going to use that language. So and it and it takes the concept that he's trying to convey the message he's trying to get right it makes it real makes it plain makes it accessible makes it uh something that someone can grab onto and and even build upon and so i i i knew that very early on in sunday school in my black baptist church in kentucky <laughs> you know what i'm saying when we were you know memorizing scripture verses and i you know in many 
areas of my life didn't feel like I had a voice and didn't feel like I knew how to express myself. I looked at these stories that I was learning in Sunday school and I'm like, ah, okay. I I can tell this story that I want to tell for school or whatever in a particular way and get a message out even if the person on the other end doesn't understand my particular experience I can get the message to them in a particular way using metaphor using you know ana- analogies using all of these tools of the trade so very I mean and seriously like that was very early on for me where I recognized the power of it when you talk about healing though I think the real piece of it is that the words aren't doing the healing, right? It's it's the Holy Spirit that's infusing the words. So there's a whole lot of people writing a whole lot of stuff that ain't healing nobody, right? And so the truth of the matter is, is that it's not the how I manipulate the words on the page is I think the Mm -hmm. spirit in which it's written. And I, I think it's also, and I mean, if you think about Christ, I mean, that's what made his words come alive. It wasn't just some, you know, rabbi telling a story, you know, it was the power of the words that was behind it. And so I think um, for me, where the healing comes on is I know if I'm writing a play and somebody's performing in a play, um, it's not just the message, it's not just the words, but it's the spirit behind those, uh, the message and the words that's reaching people's hearts, that's opening people's mind. Like, so for instance, and I, not to get like, I'm rambling, but like the words open the mind, but the spirit accesses the heart. Right. And it, it makes it so that, you know, those two things can merge and people can say, oh, this is an area I should follow. or This is what I should read. Or this is an area that I need to think about, pray about, meditate on, whatever. Right. So um, I've seen art change people's lives. Right. I've I, Black joy. I've had people write me and say to me, um, I wish I could show you how wrinkled these pages are because of my tears. Right. Like I, I've had people say, you know, that I didn't think that anybody else had gone through that. And I wasn't sure how I was going to be able to find joy having gone through that. And you have given me your route, which may not be mine, but it tells me that I, that a route is possible out of this. Right. And so I think um, I've seen it time and time again. And I mean, I know you guys know. Right. Like, you know, that. You can watch a movie, watch a film, hear a story, write a film, hear music, right? And the words just capture you in a way and open something up in you that allows you to begin to do the healing work. So I think what this does is it helps you to begin to get on the road toward healing, whatever that might look like. And I just no, rambled. You, uh-uh. No, you didn't. <laughs> and, 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 and your rambling ain't like everybody else rambling. <laughs> That's to be clear, Tracy. To be clear, okay, you know, there's something about when a story goes from our mind um, or from whispers through our family lineage into paper, onto paper. It's like when it's written, it gets real. And I was curious if you would share with us what what may have been one of the realest things you've ever written. In other words, something that went from a whisper to a memory to the page that even surprised you that you put it there on the paper. Mm-hmm. It's it's um, interesting that you say whispers of our lineage, 
Because I think if I had, you know, I might have a different answer tomorrow, but today the answer to that question would be the piece that I wrote about my grandmother. Um, this chapter five, uh, I got dreams to remember granny. Uh, because I think when I was writing it, my mind was saying, you know, girl, you don't remember what happened when you was two or three years old. You know, how, how are you going to remember that? Right. But I believe in the power of blood memory. And I believe that the whispers of our lineage, like I love that language, Chris, <laughs> like, like that's like, that's everything to me right now, because um, I think that that's probably that piece was one of the, if not the realest thing I ever written, because it was like, I was yes, writing my story. Yes. My memories of what, how joy showed up for her um, in the midst of her life story. But I also felt very connected to her in a way that I never even had maybe when she was alive. And so there were memories that I had. So I remember she bought me this Michael Jackson jacket in third grade, right? And I, you couldn't tell me nothing when she bought it. She <laughs> was traveling in the world. She was in Italy. Wow. She got an Italian leather uh, orange All right. jacket. All right. Right. <laughs> you know, beaded video. And, you know, she had bought me this jacket. I was so excited. Um, I was going through a lot in my life at that point. So it was just this wonderful gift. But I wore it to school and they roasted me. <laughs> and, and the interesting thing about writing that and going back to that place is like it could have just been very much this moment about, you know, them roasting me and how bad I felt and how sad I was because I got talked about so bad. But what ended up happening was this revelation of this gift that mm -hmm. my grandmother had given me and how I had set the gift aside. So I no longer wore it after the first day. I never right. wore that jacket ever again. Um, and how I set this thing aside because of what somebody said with no clear understanding that the reason why they were saying that is because they didn't have one. Right. <laughs> you know, like, and so, and, and, and so there was a interesting thing that God was doing with me mm. as I was, I was simultaneously writing about this childhood experience, but also experiencing that in my life in that moment where I was very much putting gifts aside because of what I thought somebody else might have said or thought or or had said and thought mm. about what I was doing, right? And I had literally never touched that gift before. Mm. Mm. So mm. that's okay. Take your turn. I am in a pivot right. season right now where I'm returning to some gifts that I had set aside because mm. I was so afraid of what yeah. people might say. That that's what I mean by the healing power of words and words mm. becoming real is that I was simply writing a story about my granny and her her and who she was and that memory came up and I decided to share that but in the midst of that there was something that was being mm -hmm, delivered mm -hmm. to me through the whispers of her um through my own experience that was being delivered to 47 almost 48 year old mm -hmm. Tracy today or I guess at that time when I was writing it, 45, 46 year old Tracy, you know, in that moment. Um, and so that's probably the piece that I think is realist. Plus I just feel like whenever we are writing about our ancestors mm -hmm. and, and particularly our grandmamas and our great grandmamas, 
there is a transference of something. I can't explain it. It is above my pay grade to explain it, but there is a transference of knowledge and revelation and love and through memory that I think happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd never experienced that before in any of my other writing. I'd kept it very surface up until the point that I wrote that essay. And actually that essay broke open the mm-hmm. book for me because I had been writing it's a collection of essays. So I'd been writing kind of like these essays and pieces, but that experience broke open. It's like, ah, no, this is what these essays need to do. This is what this right. book needs to be. Um, and so it kind of changed every everything that I'd written mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. that. You, yeah, you you give so much in your very presence and in, and in your words. You you give so much. <laughs> I just want to say that out loud. You are such a giver. Um, and even in sh- unpacking that uh, the process, the meta process of that story for us, it's a gift. It's a gift, and, it, and, I, and I'm reflecting on. Yeah, what what it would mean? I mean, every piece of that story. Obviously, your grandmother's gift, you wearing the jacket, but the people mm-hmm. at school, uh, the words that we say, mm-hmm. the way that we, um, the way that we are afraid of other people's gifts, we don't know what to do with them, mm-hmm. um, and the way that we use shame and yeah. humor and immaturity. But there's just so such richness in what you share, and I think it. It is able. It helps us to connect dots, even if it's not our story. It it makes us want to go into our own story. I mean, and I think that's what an exceptional author is able to do. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Thank you for saying that. I think it feels like, uh, to your point, like telling stories for me is like mm-hmm. I'm propping the door open, right? Like I'm propping the door open for other people Mm -hmm. to tell their own stories, not to tell mine, but to say, Hey, you know, come on, this is, this is, this Mm -hmm. is a way, right. Whether, whatever you're trying to get to, whether it's healing or whatever, you know, this Mm -hmm. is a way to it. Telling your stories. Mm -hmm. Here's a route. I love it. The the literary Harriet Tubman. Hey, that new title. Okay, add it to your bio. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, literary (laughs) literary Moses. Come on, I low key like that. Let me find out. I need to. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I want to take a quick commercial break because you said so much, Tracy, and I have a question bubbling up that I just gotta ask you, but I gotta ask it after the commercial break. So, y'all don't go nowhere. Stay right here. We'll be right back. (laughs) Sisters, there isn't a conference like Joy and Justice. This year, the Joy and Justice Conference is back with its theme, Rise Up and Flourish. See, most conferences are heavily intellectual or heavily inspirational, but the Joy and Justice 23 Conference is the perfect combination of both. It's a space for hope, refreshing, and a place to honor God as you were created to be. At the Rise Up and Flourish Conference, we will tackle the injustices that try to hold Black people down and steal our joy. For two days, we will gather like family, the witness a Black Christian Collective team and their lineup of dynamic guests will speak to your core concerns. You will encounter dynamic worship, thoughtful presentations, and meaningful conversations that will empower you to experience the joy and justice you seek. The conference will include powerful talks from Danielle Koch, Jamar Tisby, Tyler Burns, Christina Edmondson, 
and yours truly. Life-giving worship will be led by Chantel Varnado, founder of Kingdom United Collective. We will also celebrate the upcoming release of the BCC's Vice President Ali Henney's new book, I Won't Shut Up, Finding Your Voice When the World Tries to Silence You. We want to see you at the Joy and Justice Conference Rise Up and Flourish 2023 on June 23rd through June 24th, 2023 in Chicago's South Suburbs. The conference will be held at Lilydale First Baptist Church's Legacy Campus located at 424 Indian Wood Boulevard, Park Forest, Illinois, 60466. Buy your ticket today at riseupandflourish.com. Regular price tickets are $125 and $200 at the door. But Truth Table listeners will receive 25% off of your ticket price when you use the code TRUTHTABLE at checkout. Don't forget, you'll get 25% off when you use the promo code TRUTHTABLE at checkout when you purchase your conference ticket at riseupandflourish.com. Register today and we will see you there. And we are back at the table with our good sis, our Black woman rising guest, Tracy Michelle Lewis Jiggets. Um, you know, Tracy, you talked about, you said so much, you know, that I'm, uh, that resonates with me, that I'm thinking about and that I will, you know, be marinating on <laughs> for some time. But you talked about how, what it meant for you to set your, your gifts aside. You know, and it made me think about um, and how you're trying, you're picking those gifts back up, though. Um, uh, it made me think about the scripture that talks about our gifts will make room for us, you know. And I think about the fact that because God is so gracious and so loving and so sovereign, uh, that we really can't miss what's for us, even when we are the ones getting in our own way. I'm not saying that about you. I'm just saying that we sometimes get in our own way, right? <laughs> And uh, God is gracious to overcome all of that, you know, but I wonder what it means for you to sit um, with the tension of being a ghostwriter, collaborator, you know, um, literary midwife. Um, and then now uh, in a season, a winning season, if you will, of getting awards upon awards for your writing, for your own books that you've written, but then also books that you uh, uh you know, collaborated with or um, ghosts that wrote that you actually wrote as a ghost writer. Can you talk about that tension about what it means for your gifts to to make room for you, but also usually be on the background as a writer and embracing coming to the fore? <laughs> yeah, and that's really it, right? Like I, the early part of my career, I did a lot of independent writing. Uh, independent publishing. I had my own publishing company. So I was putting a lot of my stuff, my fiction, my poetry, whatever, out into the world. Um, and then after that, there's this season of ghostwriting and, and you know, helping other people birth their books. That's how I see my work as a literary midwife. Um, and so it is, um, and I use this language lightly, because I know what it also can mean, but it is incredibly validating to have my own writing, my own stories to be seen. Because I think um, when you spend enough time behind the scenes, whether that is you're independently self-publishing your work or whether you are behind this, truly behind the scenes as someone who's writing um, in the voice of someone else or 
you know, helping someone else tell their story, it's very easy to uh, get comfortable there and get and feel really kind of, you know, safe, you know, because you're, you're not in the front. You're not having to be as vulnerable in front. And so I always say with Black Joy was a, as a turning point for me, I felt the most liberated um, writing that book um, that I ever have in any other book that I've ever written. Um, and so to have that honored and to, for people to see that and say, yes, I see that. And it, this is worthy of a recognition. Um, it feels like a long time coming. I've been writing for professionally for over 20 years. I've been being a storyteller my entire, almost my entire life. And so it feels like, wow, finally I, you know, somebody sees me, but I have to be very careful with that right? For me personally. I mean, other people can handle that, can hold that. For me personally, as someone who grew up defining herself by output and productivity and, you know, what people said and, 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 and doing things to get that, you know, feedback from people, I have to be very careful that I don't allow the validation the NAACP Image Award, the Wilbur Award, any award or anything that comes forward, not allow that to be what I measure myself, my value, or the the value of my work by, right? Um, it's an incredibly important that I maintain some distance from that. So that's the reason why I think also like, you know, there's a part of me that wants to pop my collar <laughs> and be like, yeah, about time. Y'all just now see me. I've been here, you know? And then there's the other side that's like, um, and, 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 you know, that's like chill, right? Just keep, you know, don't look left, don't look right. Keep focused on the call and what you, whatever you feel compelled to write and where you're being led and don't get off track. Because the thing about awards and things, what it can do is, is it, it will put you in a mindset of trying to recreate the thing that gave you the award. And it's entirely possible. It's not even just entirely possible. It is very real for me right now that the next thing I write is going to be very different. Right. And so if I try to recreate black joy or then they came for mine, I'm off track, right? Like I'm over here and God was like, oh, so because they gave you that, because you now seen by these people, you trying to recreate that over and over again when I have you doing a new thing now, right? And you're going to have to be okay with doing a new thing. And maybe you get awards for the new thing or maybe you don't, but this is the next thing for you to do. And so I think um, I'm a work in progress <laughs> when it comes to living in that tension of, um, cause I also have a lot of bad theology from, you know, places that said, you've got to be small. Don't, you know, you're getting too big for your britches. Who do you think you are? You know, like I have a lot of that language in my head that makes me want to say not, not, you know, show up and say, I am the NAACP award image award winner, you know, not want to acknowledge the, the things that I, that I've been able to accomplish. And so I don't want that anymore either, right? Like, because I don't feel like that's that's not even honoring the gift that God has given me, you know? And so there is, it's just, it really is a, rare, um, a constant tension of just trying to do the next right thing. 
right? To do the next good thing, to do the next thing that I have been called to do and trusting that if God so wills it, it will be seen and it will be honored and it will be read and it will be impactful or not, <laughs> you know? Um, so yeah, um, that's, that's a hard thing for me. Like it, it, I am definitely a work in progress, but I'm getting better about saying, you know, by, by giving myself my flowers. I think we were talking about that, like giving myself my flowers and say, Hey, you've worked hard. You know, you, this, this is, you know, this is seeds that is, that are being hard, like were planted years ago. Like this, you know, you kept, you, most people would have probably walked away from writing and got a good job with good benefits, you know what I'm saying? You know, and not continued on this route. So, you know, it's okay to say, hey, this is my harvest for the seeds planted. At the same time, um, I don't want it to, uh, to get me off track. Right. It's like, you know, everybody back in the day when everybody was doing the vampire books. Right. Like we had all Twilight and all of those books. And so then everybody else started writing vampire books because that was what was selling and that was what was most successful. Right. But half them people wasn't called to write the vampire books. The people who were called to write the vampire books. I don't know if anybody's ever called to write a vampire book, but. <laughs> You know, if whoever felt compelled to do that, they were successful because they were in alignment with what they were supposed to be doing. And, you know, the people who were just jumping on the bandwagon or just seeing that, okay, this is a route that's successful, but that wasn't their route to take, you know, it, it, we got flooded with vampire books that we didn't need, right? And I don't want to be part of that. I don't want to get off track. Um, the next book that I'm working on, well, technically not the next. I do have a Black Joy journal that's coming out. So that's that's part of Black Joy, but you know, the next book that I have in that's percolating in my brain right now is different and it's it's going to talk about something different and it's 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 something that I feel like you know, is either going to work or it's not. <laughs> you know, but it is the thing that God is calling me to write next. And I could try to recreate a black joy or then they came from mine and it just, it it's not going to work. When you were talking, I was thinking about how um, in the world of social media, social media influencers, how, you know, people will look at how many likes they get and how many reposts and how many shares and literally build out their their weekly or monthly plan right? Of, okay, this is what, this is what moves. This is what sells more of this, less of that. And they end up shaping a persona that might be really incongruent or very different from who they actually are, but it's the one that, that is validated. It's the one that sells. It's so it's the one that gets amplified and who they really are gets lost. And when they reintroduce that person again, then they experience sometimes the rejection of the real themselves again, right? Because they had sold people something else. So as I, I, was, I was thinking of that as you were speaking about how important it is to show up as, as ourselves. It's who we actually are. Yeah. We have to separate. Yeah. I think we have to separate technique and craft and, and format and structure from uh the source and mm -hmm. content. And what I mean by that, 
Um, and I'm just thinking out loud is like, there's, there's value in paying attention to how algorithms work. There's value in paying attention to when's the best time to post a certain type of thing. There's value. I mean, if you're going to be on the platform, it's value in learning how the platform works and how to, you know, manipulate and, and maximize it for your good. I don't have a problem with that in the same way that I was a professor for many, many years and I taught students how to write paragraphs and how to structure and what wording and all of that. Understanding the the way that something is structured, the processes, the you know, that that is a thing. But what you bring to it, the spirit, the heart, the person that you bring to a thing, that has to be original. And the people that we really, really love on social media are the people who have been able to take the structure and the Mac, you know, the algorithm and all of that, and bring their authentic selves to those things together. Because even we got folks that we like, but we can tell that that's not who they are, right? Um, but then the people that are astronomically successful, I feel like are the ones that are the ones that really are truly have found a way somehow in this really weird uh, world of social media to bring themselves, even if that's, you know, y'all going to watch me cook or y'all going to watch me eat this plate every day or whatever it is. Like, that's not my thing, but somebody love it. Right. You know, but that's maybe that's who they are, right? They, you know, that's that's their thing. And so people are drawn. I don't care. I mean, we have a world that is can be incredibly false in a lot of ways. Um and inauthentic. Um, but I still think that as human beings, we are created and designed for and are drawn to authenticity. You know, we know when somebody is being real, we we can sense it, we can feel it. And we may have 50,000 followers um, or we may follow 50,000 people, but there are one or two that we really are drawn to because we can sense that they are real and authentic. Um, and so I, I just think that, you know, there is, we have to be conscious of how we're showing up within the structure of. So I, you know, I can write an essay, I could teach somebody how to write an essay and I can say, you know, this is the structure of an essay and everybody should know that. And that's great. Wonderful. But what those words mean and the stories that are told and all of that, that has to be real. That has to be authentic to me to be effective. I would hope that that would make it Effective mm-hmm. and so the wisdom of knowing knowing the system that we're working in, but showing up as our real selves in that. Um, That's right. And managing it. Right. I, I um, you know, you share with us about the the story of your of your grandmother and the 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 leather coat, and it. I begin to think about what is the story that you want to be told about you. So, so if we think mm-hmm. about your 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 precious kiddo in the future, what is the story that she tells about Mama Tracy? What what do mm-hmm. your grandchildren tell about you? Um, that is a work in progress. I would hope that my daughter would be able to express just how much that no matter what she was going through, how she was feeling, 
ups, downs, whatever, that my love never faltered. That when I love, I love, period, right? And that she never once ever felt unloved, mm-hmm. uncared for. That I, that I, you know, in the same ways that I wrote about my grandmother, where in with the hindsight of being this big <laughs> age, right? I can look back on her life and see the depression and the, the challenges mm-hmm. and the anxiety and the self-medicating. And I could call those things, right? That things that I may not have saw as a child or I paid attention to or could name or, you know, as a child. So I could see her mm-hmm. flaws, mm-hmm. right? But I could also see her effort to retain and hold on to mm-hmm. her joy at all costs, right? I could see her, you know, love me with an intensity being her first grandchild, right? Like, like love me with an intensity and care and a defensiveness, like mama bear wouldn't even describe my grandmother when it came to me, right? <laughs> like it, yeah. So I think mm-hmm. I would hope that my daughter and my grand, my grand future grandchildren um, would just know mm-hmm. me by my love um, that I'm flawed, that I work too much, that I um, wrestle with some of the same things that she wrestles with, but that that at the end of the day, and she always asks me, she tests <laughs> me a lot. She'll say, mommy, um, if I did such and such, would you still love me? And it'd be real like, horrible things <laughs> like if i you know murdered the president or well, if i like well. like really like <laughs> ma'am <laughs> and you know and i feel like it's a test to see like is there anything that's going to separate you know to yeah, use yes, Bible yes. language right separate yeah. you know me from the love right. of my mama you know and and so she's testing that and I'm like no I was like will you have the consequences of your actions to pay <laughs> yes will mommy ever stop yeah. loving you no <laughs> you know and so I, those two things can be true you can go to jail for murdering the president and mommy can still love you deeply and with her whole right. heart and those Absolutely. two things can right. be Absolutely. true so I you know that's that's a question I'm going to be thinking about I think for mm-hmm. A while. <laughs> Thank you, Doc. You, you, you are very welcome. I imagine it is it is this it is the strength of your love that that causes her to even be able to ask that question. Mm-hmm. 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 I pray it so. Well. Amen. And it is so, you know, and it is so, you know. So um, you know, I uh when I was thinking about, you know, your work as a, as a writer and what it takes to write, at least for me to write. My word. I mean, <laughs> like perfect conditions, near perfect conditions in order for me to write. No. <laughs> so, you, you, you are a privileged, you're privileged. I'm like, I mean, come on, I, mean, I, mean, I really wish I was somebody that could actually write with noise in the background and music. It would make my life much easier. But unfortunately, I just, I get, because I love music so much, I get, Caught up in the rapture of the music. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Anita. Come on, Anita. Caught up in the rapture of the music. Of the tunes. I just can't stop. (laughs) You know, so. (laughs) 
the Afrobeats. Yes, you know, Tracy, you were talking about how kind of like, you know, just when you were talking about your love, you know, for your daughter and what you want her to remember you by or say about you. You said you, you, I heard it and you said subtly, like, you know, I work too much, you know, and I'm curious about, um, not just work-life balance, but I'm actually curious about the conditions <laughs> that are necessary for you to write. You know, writing is not your typical profession, right? Um, and so I, right. I would imagine, you know, and from my own experience, it does take, you know, a, a particular um, support system. It does take a particular, yeah. you know, uh, lifestyle and setup in order for you to write. And right from the depths of the soul to the degree that you do. So I would love for you to just talk about, um, you know, just what your environment is like, what your support system is like, what makes, what are the conditions that are necessary to make it conducive for you to write? Um, Not only Black Joy, then it came from mine, but all of the other books you've written and the ones that we don't even know about yet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I'll say this, there are ideal conditions for writing, particularly the kinds of things that I write. But I think what I figured out very early on is that there are no perfect conditions. And because I recognized that there were no perfect conditions for writing, I could write where I needed to, when I needed to. And so it's only been within recent years that I've been able to create space for myself that would, would, sort of kind of give me the ideal conditions. But prior to that, the 18 years prior to that, it was a mess, right? <laughs> so, um, you know, I'd, I'd have to take the time prior to having my daughter, you know, I had, a, a, of course, a lot more free time um, to be able to write whenever. Then she came along. And so I had to make time around caring for a child and working, um, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, I, what I always, I I used to be very hardcore, especially with my students where I was like, you got to write every day. You know, if you don't write every day, you know, then, you know, who are you? Right. Like, you know, like a writer. They are, they are Christina. That's who they are. That's That's who you are. Although, although, although I think I do need that tough love instructor, Tracy. So that's fine. Continue, continue to talk to me that way. I mean, that's where I was. I mean, very, you know, in church language, legalistic with my writing process, right? (laughs) You know, and then I realized that it wasn't about Mm. every day and it was, it was about consistency, which is not Mm. necessarily. So whatever consistency looked like for me or for a person, um, that's what I needed to do. So consistency for some people might be, look, all I got is Sunday after church from like two to seven. That's all I got to write. I can't do nothing no other time of week. If you do two to seven every Sunday for a year, you could have a draft. You might have something very substantial written, right? Um, And so I think whatever consistency looks like for your particular lived experience, your life, then that's what it needs to be. And so I think that's what I learned and that's what I held on to. So I would say up until 2020, um, pretty much the pandemic, the start of the pandemic, I was like everybody else trying to find space to write. I would write in the morning. 
um, a lot before going to work or before um, I had summers off. So that was often helpful because I was a professor. So I would never teach during the summer. So I could spend a lot of time getting the bulk of my work done in the summer. But um, I've, you know, I've honestly been blessed these last few years. And so we purchased a home. I'm a water baby. I'm a water person. I need to be close to water. And I, my dream was, I remember telling my agent when we signed Black Joy, she was like, okay, all of my people, we usually have something that we're goal we're working towards. So what's your goal? I said, I want, you know, some land by the sea. That's what I want. So you need to help me with this book, get some land by the sea. And so in 2021, right. I got my land by the sea. We bought a few acres, about 15 All right, Little Mermaid. Ocean. All right. Uh, come on. Come on, Little <laughs> And so, and, you know, it's a, it was a home that, um, it's an older mm-hmm. home that we were renovating. And so the goal was to create mm-hmm. a sanctuary, create a space, create heart space. To create a, a, a space, you know, heart space is healing mm-hmm. through art and story, right? So like creating an office space or, you know, a, a garden, I'm a gardener, so the, a garden or a meditation and prayer space or whatever, spaces where I don't have to leave home um, and I'm not in a, I'm not mm-hmm. anxious to leave home, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not, I, I don't, I'm not, I don't have the job where I can do that. Mm-hmm. I have to escape mm-hmm. from it. Right. Like I, right, I incorporated right. into my life. And so, mm. yeah, um, now, you know, I have ideal con- conditions, somewhat ideal conditions. Um, I still have my little one and she still uh, uh, takes a lot of my time. But I think, again, um, more so than conditions for writing, it is about giving myself space, mental and emotional space to write when I need to. Um, yes, you know, I may have to do it from six to eight because when she wakes up at eight, it's school mm-hmm. time and everything is crazy. But sometimes I wake up at six and mm-hmm. then it's just not happening. Then what? Right? So I am a firm believer that whatever your consistent, whatever your consistency looks like, whatever your schedule looks like for writing, mm-hmm. you show up. Whether or not the words show up or not. Okay, because there have been many times where I've been sitting here at six o'clock and I'm like, yeah, so, uh, (laughs) you know, like, is it that, like, Mm -hmm. I'm not there. Um, But then I've also learned, like, tricks of the trade and things that help me Mm -hmm. generate, you know, generating activities that help me generate ideas. And I think sometimes we just are really, like, bound up Mm -hmm. when it comes to what we are writing. Right. And so I try to do um, idea generation and, and creative generation activities that allow me to unravel myself and unbound. Right. So I don't have to be worried about peers and commas and, and stuff right now. All I need to figure out is what this book is or what this paragraph or what this thing is about um, and what I am really at my core mm-hmm. trying to say in it. And then I can build and shape. Writing is rewriting. Mm-hmm. So Getting the concept down is it because then I can shape and mold and do the work that I've been training to do and I've been skilled to do all of these years after I get the core of it down. So I don't know if that answers the question, but listen, yeah, it had a, it a whole, listen, it had a whole lot of notes and rebuke in there for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
I mean, I mean, of course you were, but that doesn't mean that I don't know what my issues are. Show up even if the words don't show up. Listen, it was it was that. Yeah, it was it was those kind of things that I was like, oh, that was a message for me. I receive it. I receive it. Y'all, y'all know, y'all know me. Like I'm, um, I'm very interested in somatic mm-hmm. and body stuff. And so what I realized in studying that was that when you show up, when you tell your body that this is where we going to be at this time and whether or not, um, whether or not the words are coming or you're flowing or you're in the zone or not, your body begins to, in your mind, in your brain, in your heart begins to say, this is where we supposed to be, right? Like it, it, it begins to align with that. And then you'll find you'll have less moments where the words are not showing up because there's an expectation that you're setting in your spirit, in your mind, in your body, right? That when we, if it's seven o'clock on Tuesday, that's when we supposed to, when you set that expectation, your body begins to show up, your mind begins to show up and they get online, right? For what your, the task is. And it doesn't mean that what you put out is going to be great. And I think some of that is that self-editing that we do, right? Like we're so worried about making it perfect before it ever hits the page. Like, nah, let's, let's perfect on the back end. Right, but get it down on the page first. If you can't perfect a, bl- a blank page, you just can't. Like the the blank page can't be perfected. <laughs> listen, listen. We can't. We cannot control our own thoughts. But can you get your body where your body is supposed to be? And the thoughts will come on board eventually. When you show up, when you show the gifts are in the room. Show up. Let Let me go get, get back to the gym immediately. <laughs> Tracy, I feel like what you said applies to all matters of life. <laughs> well, well, listen, we, we, we are already beginning our process of cackling. And so we are yes. switching gears and moving into what we call force fun here at hey, Tree's Table. Force fun. Where we get an opportunity to get to know you in, in, in a whole new way, okay? As you de- as you make some de- de- declarations, because these are very spicy and important questions that the people want to know, want to know. and answer to. And the very first one that I'm going to kick over to Akimini is a game that we call One's Gotta Go. One Gotta Go. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. These are going to be the hardest questions of the whole, the whole interview, so just, you know, be ye ready. Okay. <laughs> One gotta go. Aretha, Whitney, Shaka, Anita. One gotta go. Oh man, y'all just—we ain't right. It's, 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 it's truth table over here. <laughs> it's a moment of truth. <laughs> I, I don't want none of them of to go. Not, of course not. Uh, I'm going to say, though, uh, every time I think of a name, <laughs> then I think of a song, and I'm like, no. Oh. <laughs> uh, 
I also got to worry about whose book I'm going to be writing. <laughs> oh, you I forgot about that. That's a, that's, this, this is, this, this that's is a real thing. <laughs> I should probably just say, uh, I should probably say uh, either a reaper or a reaper because I know I ain't like that book. That's true. That's true. But actually, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Shaka. Okay. And why? (laughs) Oh. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) I just feel like um, anybody who cleaned house on Saturday morning needs Anita. Uh, um, Whitney is the voice, you know, and it's, I can't imagine her voice facts, not right, being facts. in the world, you know. Alicia is, you know, just institution. Um, exactly, that's the word I was looking for. She is an institution, um, and so that only left Shaka, who is brilliant, amazing, ain't nobody hey, like hey, all the hey. things, but. Those notes, those notes don't play. Those notes don't play. But yeah, well, don't worry. Our platform is not that big, so it's not, it, no one's gonna know. You know, we're 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 we're, we're, we're modest. We're modestly famous, so she it's not gonna get to her. It's not gonna get to her. <laughs> now I've, I've got a, I've got now I've got a question to you. People who listen to the show, they know this. They know that I am a Marvel fan. I'm a sci-fi fan. All the things. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not into the the vampires as we we talked about earlier. But 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 many other things I roll with. And so my question is about superpowers. Right. If you could select your superpower besides being an award-winning author, if you could select another <laughs> superpower, mm-hmm. Tracy, what would that superpower be and why? Um, probably the uh, ability to be invisible. Uh, yeah, like the... Um, Real <laughs> and do um, and, and do. Come on, gangsta boo. Come on. And do. <laughs> um, um, but I, you know, I think I, I think it would be cool to be able to be in spaces without mm. people knowing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. To, to hear mm. without hearing. You know, or without being seen. I now, guess, now this so. is my follow up question, which is which is me uh, flipping the script on uh, on force fun. But is that is that so much so that you can observe, or so that you will not be observed? Oh, here we go. Jesus. I'm just gonna I'm gonna leave it on the table and keep going because we watching you, Tracy. We watching you blow up. You famous. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I'm low key healthy, so it's probably okay. so I can observe. That's right. That's right. Because you're an author. Because you're an author. Yeah. Listen, listen. Because the industry is shady. Listen. I, I, I feel like this. There's where there it was a season That's where right. it would have been the latter, Praise but I God. think in my present season it's. That's yes. great. That's great. Yeah. I need to know what y'all doing. What you doing? Let's like go. That. Let's I go. Like that. That's great. Okay. The last force fun question. If we were to hop in your car, what song or music or what will we what will we playing? Let me not assume it's music. What will we playing in your car? What will we hear? Or if we got the aux cord, whatever. Is it the radio? Is it, you know, what will we hear? What will we hear? <laughs> So I am saying, 
Okay. <laughs> oh, here we go. Oh, Listen, I, already not, know. I already know. I already I'm, know. I'm, no. I'm going to restrain <laughs> myself. Yeah, I already know. Okay. Go. <laughs> I just want to establish that up front. Um, and the thing is, is that I listen across yep. multiple genres. Yeah. So you might get everything from uh, mm-hmm. Beyonce to uh, a little old school '90s hip hop to uh, mm-hmm. gospel. Probably gospel realm would be old, older school like '80s, mm-hmm. '90s gospel. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I, I'm still trying to figure out. <laughs> That's this all right. Folk, That's all right. Uh, Everything ain't for everybody. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know. Um, so I, I, you know, it might be jazz. It might be yeah. Afro beats. It might be you know. I, it, you might. You might be really confused if we sat for any period of time on a road trip because it's like we was just listening to James Cleveland. How in the world are we now listening to Too Short? Like, in what well, well, listen, <laughs> you know, like you know, as the old school church folk used to say, you got a in you. we contain multitudes. Work on your so. Um, but I love music. I think I, it's one of those things like it, the storytelling is power in it. And I'm, yeah. I'm a hip hop head. So like I, I love hip hop for, you know, what it is and what it can be. And so um, you're liable to get I anything, honestly. I love it. I love it. Oh, well, we are just so grateful to have had you at the table. Mm-hmm. Our sister, Tracy Michelle Lewis Jiggins. We are grateful for the gift that you are. We are grateful for the gifts that God has placed in you. We are grateful for the 22 books that you have written and the 22 plus more books God has for you to write on top of who knows what the other, (laughs) the other gifts and projects that God has in store for you. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard what God has in store for Tracy, Michelle. The screenplays, all of it, all of it. Mm -hmm. Yes. All of it. All of it. Yes. Thank y'all. Thank y'all so much. I love y'all so, so much. Y'all don't even know. I pray for y'all daily and I'm just so grateful for um, your platform. And I, I ain't never, I ain't never trying to hear our platform ain't that big <laughs> because for God is not the same thing. Um, your eyes ain't seen, right? Like, so uh, I, you know, I, I, I expect that I will be having people in the next year or two questioning my salvation as a result of <laughs> That's that's all right because King Jesus holds you in the palm King of his hand. King Jesus got you. He's right. an avenger. And guess what? And we gonna ride out. We we will we will stand in the gap. Don't y'all call our sister nothing. Don't get me started. Listen, trigger, trigger, trigger. I'm using my tools. I'm self-regulating right now. I almost got triggered again. Okay. <laughs> I know. Like, let's not call people names. Keep going. Keep going. (laughs) Tracy, we're so glad to have had you at this table. (laughs) And of course, we want to thank our sisters for taking a seat at the table with us this week. 
let's keep the conversation going. Tweet us your thoughts or DM us your thoughts or send a message on Facebook Messenger about your thoughts about her Black Woman Rising uh, with Tracy Michelle Lewis Jiggets. And you can use the hashtag Truth Table. And Black Women, did y'all know we have a Black Women's Facebook Discipleship Group? Well, we do. So make sure you follow Truth Table on Facebook and answer all the entry questions. Invite your homegirls too. Follow us on social on the social media streets, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can email us your thoughts at asktruestable at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review the show on iTunes and subscribe on your favorite podcast player. Truth Table has a Patreon account, so y'all can send your love offerings to patreon.com slash truestable, or you can bless us at our PayPal, which is paypal.me slash truestable. Truth Table's audio producer is Joshua Heath. Our video producer is Daryl Bradford. And Truth Table's executive producers and hosts are Kemini Uwan and Christina Edmondson. We'll see you soon on the next Truth Table. Bye, y'all.